Hi friends, welcome back to the Ask an Introvert podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Ho. If you don't know me, I'm an introvert and I'm a life coach who helps introverts take root into our natural personalities and lead by example to have the life we want in a way that works for us. Today's episode topic is, are you okay or are you an introvert? Story of my life. Throughout my life and to this day, I feel that society makes us feel it's not okay to be introverted. We're made to not feel okay. And sometimes it's what others said, but sometimes it's how we've learned to talk to ourselves. We've acted based on what was convenient for others inside their structures, playing by their rules, and we do have some control over what we decide to tell ourselves at the end of the day. So instead of thinking that there's something wrong with me, I get to also tell myself stories where it's okay for me to be myself. Before we dive deeper, I have to say I'm quite nervous. Sharing about and spotlighting myself still feels really unnatural. But that's lessened over time. The more I do it, the more comfortable I get with it. And in general, it's my goal to expand my comfort zone. Um, Because you know that common saying, you can only grow if you step out of your comfort zone? That makes me freeze up. I don't like that. Why can't I just bring my comfort with me as I grow? It makes me feel safer to play, experiment, try new things when I have one foot firmly planted in my comfort zone and the other side can do the exploring knowing that we are still grounded in safety. If you want to grow your comfort zone instead of stepping out of it to grow, you're invited to the Take Root private coaching program. It's a three-month program designed for introverts to, one, build soft skills like using your voice, and two, complete a specific life project, such as making two new friends in your city or initiating much-needed difficult conversations at work. In Take Root, you'll know your exact next steps towards leading the life you actually want to live, not the fake extrovert life you've been told to have. It's a safe space for you to stop pretending to be extroverted, stop forcing yourself to fake it to make it, and stop hiding behind a mask just to fit in. Instead, you get to start being your whole introverted self at work and at home. Book a call to learn more at byjenniferho.com coaching, which is also linked in the show notes. Okay, now we can dive into are you okay? Or are you an introvert? So naturally, my first story is about making friends. Have you ever felt like you're the only person in the world without any friends? That's how I used to feel. I would look at other people and wonder, how do they manage to have so many besties while I'm struggling to find even one? But one day... My sister, who I always considered to be more popular than me, she pointed out that I actually had a bunch of friends myself. And I got to thinking, and I realized my definition of friend was different from how I was actually living it out. 
from the outside in, I had lots of people around me. I always had kids to play with at school at recess. There was a cousin across the country who talked to me every day online. If anyone remembers the AIM, AOL Instant Messenger days. And I have two younger sisters that I generally spend all my free time with. I definitely had friends, but I was blind to it because I bought into the story that introverts can't or are bad at making friends. The world tells you that to have friends, you have to put yourself out there. And I was constantly told I needed to put myself out there more. So if I wasn't doing that enough, that part of me felt like I didn't have friends. Having friends meant talking to them. Having friends also meant that we talked to them, right? And I was always told I didn't talk enough. Having friends also means liking being around them. And I could only be around my friends for so long before I wanted to retreat away to my own space. So I felt like that I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough to deserve having friends. So even though these people around me, I, even though I partook in activities that you would do with friends, I still didn't feel like I had them. My friends were right in front of me, but I was in doubt and denial and felt so lonely because despite what was going on, my brain was spinning up the story about how it wasn't possible for me to have friends, that it wasn't possible that I was deserving of them. I couldn't see what was in front of me because of the way I thought about it. My brain painted a picture that was opposite of what was actually true. So when I heard my sister tell me that I already have friends, when I really, 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 really heard her, I started to take note and notice, oh, Maybe I already do have friends, but somewhere along the way, I convinced myself I didn't. And I still believe that making friends takes being present and being vulnerable, and that you can only get out of it what you put in. And while all that takes time and patience, you never know when it's your turn to receive the same kindness and support you've been giving. But back then, I convinced myself that I wasn't doing any of that right, that although I could show up, I was lacking in presence and vulnerability. I convinced myself that my presence needed to look a certain way. You know, if it didn't look like my sister's vibrant and humorous and joyful way of showing up, then it didn't count. Or I would think that my vulnerability had to look a certain way. Like, if I have to cry to be vulnerable, um, or was my way of giving and supporting others up to the standard that 
I arbitrarily set? Like, was I going to answer people's calls at 10 p.m.? Or am I going to go to the party with like 20 other people? I had these very specific situations defined in which I thought I had to be capable of showing up in in order to be a good friend. But the reality is, if I'm being as present as I can be, if I feel that I'm being vulnerable, if I'm giving and supporting others in my way, why can't that be enough? Everyone has different styles of being friends, and I wasn't really letting myself be the friend in the best way that I can be. I wasn't acknowledging myself for my strengths because I bought into this story where if you don't have extroverted traits, you're not an ideal friend. But now I know, now what I tell myself is my presence, my vulnerability, the way I give support, it really can't be measured and shouldn't be measured at all. It's more than enough to give what I want to give, what I am capable of giving without sacrificing myself. Because when I sacrifice myself, I don't feel like I have friends anyway. And that's been a lifelong lesson to learn. And I'm curious if anywhere in your life you feel like I'm not good enough of a friend to this person or this or I need to be like someone else to be a good friend. I want you to challenge yourself and ask, is it true? Is that really true? Because for myself, whenever the thought comes up that I think I don't have any best friends because I'm introverted, because in this moment, I'm too tired to hang out. In this moment, I want to cancel some plans. In this moment, I want to block my calendar out and not see anyone. That doesn't make me a bad friend. That makes me the best friend to myself, which will allow me, when I'm well-rested, when I have the energy, to show up 100% for others in my life. And if I can be okay with that, if I can be accepting of that, that will only make me a better friend to the people in my life because I, my radical self-acceptance will be an example of how accepting I can be of them when things come up. If my friends are afraid of their own judgment or being judged by others, they will look to me and say, look at, I know Jennifer is accepting. I know that Jennifer won't judge me for this. I know that Jennifer is a safe space. And 
I don't know if they actually do that, but if that's the story that I tell myself, I feel so confident as a friend. And I definitely know people want to be my friends. And I definitely know I have friends. (laughs) I get to choose the rules of friendship by which I want to play by instead of by the examples that I see in the world. So that one is more... You know, that one really was that story... (laughs) I'm judging myself for it right now. I'm honestly judging myself for how I told all of that right now. You know, it started with hearing something from my sister that led me to a moment of clarity and then it became a rant. Um, But I think the point still comes across. How I talk to myself and the story I told myself, if I'm mindful of that, it changes the way that I see myself. (laughs) and now I'm judging myself for how much I'm saying myself like I told you I'm quite nervous about this um but I've made a promise to show up as I am in this podcast and so that's what you're getting (laughs) so yeah I I I would ask you based on that story um where can you challenge things that you've believed so hard? Like, are they really facts or are they things that you've made up or things that other people told you that you adopted and got stuck in? Because it happens. It happens. Why I didn't think my presence or my vulnerability or the way I support people was enough was because I was comparing and I didn't think... I just kept thinking it doesn't look like the way other people do it. So I'm doing something wrong. So something is wrong with me. So any version of those thoughts coming up, really ask yourself if those are true. Yeah. So the other story I want to share today is about leadership. Uh, Which is heavy -er for me and I'm kind of working through it right now as I advance in my career and as I build this business um is it really okay for me to step into leadership as an introverted Asian woman I feel like there those are three counts three things that I don't get to see that often and and so what I've been doing is I've been digging uh, into my past stories to find evidence of times when I have been a leader and so like instead of looking outside of me because outside of me there are so many messages about how you know as an introvert um, I'm too quiet to be a leader but why do leaders have to be loud like Yeah, I don't want to follow someone who's loud and overbearing. So what kind of leader do I want, right? And then being Asian, like, gosh, there's a whole other layer there because we're supposed to be submissive and kind of meek, right? 
but no, I don't like that. And women, we, uh, there's a whole other layer to it as a woman in this world. Like, every day is about survival, right? Uh, there's so many layers to that, but but the point I want to make today is instead of looking outside of myself for examples of leadership I've decided that leaders lead by example and leaders go first we we like in a group it's not that like we eat first or we get first dibs by going first it means we do the scary thing first right and so I've been digging into my past and looking for examples of when I did things that are out of the ordinary, right? And one of the first things that came up was this memory of, well, many memories. I might not seem like I have a temper, but I really do. And one of the things that pissed me off the most as a kid was everyone pressuring my parents. So I'm the oldest daughter and I have two younger sisters. So my parents are blessed with three daughters, which is actually might be considered a curse in Asian tradition, which is annoying. Um, but let me get back to the story. I remember going to a family wedding and my uncle goes up to my dad and goes, so you have three daughters. When are you going to try for a boy? And I made eye contact with my mom and I could see her in her eyes just begging me not to say anything. Like she was pleading with me through her eyes. But my body moved ahead of my mind and I had slammed my hands onto the table. And I was like, uncle, what do they need a son for? Are we not enough? But somewhere along the way, that fire died down inside of me. And I started to believe I was less than. And, well, I shouldn't say just somewhere along the way because... You know what happened right after that? My mom dragged me out of the banquet hall and I got a stern talking to and I knew when we got home that it was going to be worse. <laughs> um, but and that wasn't the only time that happened in my life, right? There are so many times when I would speak up against things or stand up for my sisters and myself and so many messages I was told girls aren't supposed to do this or like it's not my place or you know it's don't insert myself into adult conversations and so experiencing all of that the fire died down inside of me and I started to just box myself in like, okay, I'm a girl, so I'm supposed to be this way. Um, I'm an introvert and there's so much wrong with me because everyone tells me I need to speak up more. But then when I speak up, I get in trouble. Um, so as much as I want to, to lead and as much as I feel called to lead, so 
often I would sit there and I would think, how can I actually be a leader when there are so many things about me that I can't change <laughs> in order to look like a leader, right? Um, I'm just not what comes to mind when people think of a leader. <laughs> Again, I'm introverted, I'm Asian, I'm a woman, and so I started to think that I couldn't be either. But everything that you're meant to be is going to find its way to come out. Um, I feel like I spent like the middle of my life, like a good chunk of it, just following rules again. But along the way, there are all these quiet rebellions, right? Um... I graduated as valedictorian in high school, but I threw a fit about not wanting to make a speech um, because I was upset because I definitely had the highest GPA, but they still wanted to lump this other kid in with me and be co-valedictorians. That's not how the rules work. The rule says if you have the highest grades, you're the valedictorian, but apparently rules can be bent. <laughs> And even the people who make up the rules don't have to follow them. And in hindsight, I took that lesson. In hindsight, I learned that lesson and I took that with me. Like, if things, if, like, I was molded to be this rule follower, right? And if, if I, if I like following rules so much, what if I write my own what if I what if I get to decide all of those things right and I really thought about it leaders leaders of all sorts they don't fit into a certain mold they don't conform to societal expectations um, we look up to them because they have this vision they're true to themselves and their values and they inspire others to do the same so for me as a leader, what unique qualities can I embrace and use to my advantage, right? Being an introvert, being, and for myself specifically, also being an empath and being quite an anxious person, um, I know how important it is to make an effort to feel calm. I'm... I have this grounded energy around me, right? So not only am I a good listener, but people feel grounded around me. And my cultural background gives me a different perspective and understanding of the world. And my experiences with my hot temper teach, teach me and taught me how to stand up for what I believe in when even when it's difficult, right? And so if being a leader isn't about being perfect or fitting a certain mold, ah, that's my light bulb moment. If I can use my strengths to make a difference in the world, no matter who I am or where I come from, then why am I holding myself back? The most inspiring thing I can do 
is to be myself. <laughs> and I've learned that the most in the past two years because as scary as it is, like I told you in the beginning, it makes me freaking nervous to be spotlighting myself. I'm most inspiring when I'm just being myself. And things come easier when I'm just being myself. And I feel so much better when I'm just being myself. If I were to go back to that moment where I was so angry at my uncle for asking my parents when they're going to have boys, when, you know, I, I would want to, you know, I'd let my mom do what she needs to do, you know. That's a whole other story. Um, but then I would find that Jennifer and I would tell her, keep speaking up. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. That, that was quite a lot. There's, yeah, it's not just are you okay or are you an introvert? You know, this is bringing up, are you okay or are you an eldest daughter? Are you okay or are you a woman living in the society <laughs> that looks down on you and makes it unsafe for you everywhere? Um, heavy things. It makes me feel quite resentful at times. Um, um. I did tell you there would be long pauses on this podcast. So you have been warned. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm tired of receiving this message from the world that it's not okay to be introverted. We're regularly expected to be social, to speak up, to stand out. And... These expectations, whether consciously or subconsciously placed on us, they drive me to bad habits like control issues, perfectionism, jealousy, feeling bad and guilty all the time. And despite how assertive I can be personally, I also fall into people-pleasing tendencies. But to tie all of this together, right... When I decide that I'm social enough, that I speak up enough, and that I stand out enough, even if other people disagree based on whatever arbitrary standard they've set that is that might be the extrovert ideal or based on examples they've seen in their life, all that is really biased right and um you know if we're gonna compare introverts to the extrovert ideal i would call that personality bias specifically um we can't control other people but what we can do for ourselves is recognize how we might be biased against our own introvert personality and tendencies if people get to see whatever they want to see we get to do that too for ourselves and I'm this person speaking to you on this podcast today because 
I constantly take meaningful action to rewrite the stories that I tell myself. I rewrite the stories that I inherited from others before I was able to write my own. And if you want to have an action plan and rewrite the rules so that they work for you, I invite you to come join the Take Root private coaching program. Again, you can learn more about that at byjenniferho.com coaching, linked in the show notes. And to wrap up this episode of the podcast, I would like to leave you with an exercise to help you admire your life as a whole. And I think this is important because as I dug into my past, I got all these, I didn't have to come up with completely new stories. I got evidence in my past that support who I want to be in the future. And I also got this really wonderful big picture view of my life so far. Because so 31 years of my life so far. And I have a tendency to look at other people's success stories and compare them to myself. I admire other people for the things that they've accomplished in their lifetime. And then I compare my and then I compare these grand accomplishments that they have to my day-to-day life of waking up, going to work, working out, eating meals, doing dishes, putting gas in my car, sleeping and repeating all of these mundane things. That's a really unfair comparison because it's comparing two unrelated things. So this exercise where we step way, 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 way back and we look at the big picture, I think when you're done with it, you won't even feel the need to compare to others because when I listed the biggest highlights of my life, I'm quite proud of myself. It all started in 1992. I was born in California to my Vietnamese immigrant parents, and I would consider all those times that I slammed my hands on the table and spoke back to all the aunties and uncles asking my parents when they were going to have a son, those were all achievements too. Um, Coming into adulthood, 2010, I graduated high school as a valedictorian. I was accepted in UC, into UC Berkeley, the top public university in the States. And I could have followed my parents' ideal path, you know, med school, law school, business. But no, I always pursued what I was interested in. I spent two years in architecture school. And two years into university, I decided that wasn't for me. And I'm really proud of that moment when you know, watching everyone pull all-nighters and realizing that that was going to be common once I started working in the field, I made a decision for me that that was not the life I wanted and so I was not going to pursue that career. That's probably 2012. It's quite a badass move. I'm proud of that. Other highlights, 2014, I ended up with a degree in linguistics, which I don't use, and it's totally unexpected and not supported by my Asian parents, but I did it anyway. I built a career in marketing after doing culture shows in university with the Vietnamese Student Association. And 
2019, I quit my whole life. I was in a relationship of 10 years that I quit. I was building up this marketing industry and the marketing career inside the fresh produce industry. Like February 2019 or maybe January, early that year, like I made this speech, an industry event. And then two months later, I completely left the industry to pursue something better for myself. My life is really good. And when I see that my life is really good, I don't feel the need to compare with others. What's in front of me is more than enough. That's not to say I don't struggle. I whine about having to be an adult all the time, and I daydream often about life being super easy or a handsome stranger swooping in to change my life. But that's never the whole story. Sometimes I even want to just give up and just cry, and I'll let myself do that. But still, life is special because it's a mishmash of big accomplishments and the mundane moments of waiting, wanting to give up, and wishing things were different. But the biggest highlights can only occur when we keep moving forward to create the next highlight, right? So in the moments when you feel like it's not okay, how can you make it okay? I never know when the next big thing is going to happen, but I make sure to equip myself with what I need right now to keep going. And the tools that help help me the most are working on my mindset, self-acceptance, and gratitude. So now it's your turn. If you're feeling like it's not okay for you to be who you are, I want you to try this exercise that shows you that being who you are is what got you to all your big life events. So take a pen and paper or open a new document on your laptop or just jump into the notes app on your phone and write down your big life events. Look at all the things that you've experienced and accomplished and be proud and celebrate yourself because you got there by being you and then trust that the next mark you're going to put on your timeline is just around the corner and it's not going to happen if you just beat yourself up if you tell you yourself that everything is wrong with you it's going to happen if you decide it's okay for you to be introverted if you decide it's okay for you to pursue what you want to do if you decide it's okay you decide that. So hang in there. And thank you for tuning in to the Ask an Introvert podcast. For more regular doses of my perspective, you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, If you're excited about the future of this podcast as much as I am, I do have a few favors to ask of you. One, like or subscribe. Two, leave a review. And three, screenshot this and share it on your socials. I would appreciate, I would really, really appreciate any and all of those so, so much. And as always, remember that being introverted isn't something to overcome. It's something to love. It's okay to be extroverted and to be you. Can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.